Welcome to the CGOB Sports Show podcast. In this episode, we talk with Matt Dunstone, top seed going into the Viterra Men's Curling Championship and the best team in the country right now. I want it's going to be like competing for the Manitoba title and getting to the Briar either way. And then Joe Wichar, part of the 2023 class of inductees for the Canadian Baseball Hall of Fame. Kelly Moore chats with him about his big honor on the podcast. The Viterra Men's Curling Championship. Well, we'll be posting updates on that very soon because it begins February 7th in Nipawab with the top curling teams from across the province converging on the Yellowhead Community Rec Center to compete for a trip to the Briar. After representing Saskatchewan at three different Briars, Matt Dunstone, he's back here in Manitoba. He's keeping a pretty stacked team with BJ Newfeld, Colton Lott, and Ryan Harnden. They're the number one seed at the tournament. They're the number one seed in the Canadian team ranking system, which means even if they don't win the spiel in Nipawa, they're still going to London, Ontario as a wildcard team next month. And Dunstone joins us now on the CGOB Sports Show. Matt, just a few more sleeps before the tournament begins. How are you feeling? Yeah, super excited. I mean, it's uh, it's been a little while since I got to play in one of these. I think close to five or six years now. Um, so, so obviously feeling quite excited and and uh, really looking forward to getting back in the, the swing of things with Manitoba Curling. So take us back to your decision to return to Manitoba. What went into that decision for you after finding a lot of success in Saskatchewan? Yeah, you know, I mean, home is home at the end of the day. I mean, it's no secret I'm living out in BC, but I mean, my, my entire family's here. Um, this is where I grew up curling. Um, I mean, that's, that's special, always will be. Um, and something that was super important to me. So, that uh, that was the main driver behind the decision, and and obviously, I mean, to I mean, I'm not doing it without having a bunch of talent around me on the on the squad as well. So, was able to put together a super talented roster, um, and and when I was able to base that team out of Manitoba, it was a no brainer. So for you, then, what does your travel look like to prepare for this event? Yeah, so I've been in Manitoba for or Winnipeg now for a couple of days um, already, um, just practicing with the boys. Um, Ryan, our, our lead gets in, uh, tomorrow. Um, and we're going to, we're going to put together some good practice days, uh, over the weekend and then head up to, to Nipo on Monday. So, I mean, there's a lot of time on the ice and, and this is kind of what we've done all year. Um, sort of me coming in a handful of days a week before an event, um, just to throw with Beej and, and Colton and, and then Ryan, um, follow suit usually a couple of days after. And so this is, this is kind of what we've been doing all year. What relationship did you have with the, the three guys on your team before you joined forces? Yeah, I mean, Colton, I, I grew up curling with him, basically curling against him, curling with him, played four years of juniors with him. Um, I mean, obviously a really good relationship coming in into this with him. Um, and then the other two, I mean, it was just more so from playing against one another. Obviously, I've been around BJ a little bit more than Ryan, um, having played in Manitoba and whatnot. Um, and then played him a bunch over the last four or five years when he was with Cooley and, and pretty much same thing with Ryan. Um, just a lot of good battles with them. Um, more of a curling relationship, absolutely. But obviously that is, that is totally changed <laughs> at this point. I haven't played together for, for over six months now, or close to six months. Uh, I've been around uh, now. So, um, I mean, it, the, the curling world's really small. Um, you, you know, everybody quite well, uh, just from playing with them, just from being on the road with them, even when they're not on your team. So, yeah, it's been a, a number of years since you've competed in one of these. I believe it was 2017, maybe the last time you were in one of these. And you did make the playoffs. You made the final back in 2016 when Colton was on your team. Does that past success mean anything now? Or has it just been so long? And you've you've been to Briars since then, so maybe it doesn't matter as much. 
Yeah, I mean, anytime you make a make a provincial final, it always means something. Um, I mean, we were we were juniors at the time. Um, we had signed our lives away, saying we couldn't go to the Briar um, in, in that given moment because we were off to the World Juniors. So, I mean, that's that's something to think about all the time. Just how, kind of how unique um, the whole the whole thing was, and how Mike had already had his Briar spot even in the game. I mean, it was a really unique day to be a part of that. Um, and I mean, the more provincial finals you get to play in, I mean, that's exactly what those the, those sort of games are: is just total preparation for for when you do get to the Briar and and when you're ready to rock. I mean, that's that's when the lights are the brightest, obviously at the Briar, but. I mean, uh, to be able to handle that pressure there, you got to be able to win provincial championships. So you're the number one seed going into this tournament. Does that put pressure on you to perform? How do you feel about that? Uh, I mean, it's it's obviously great to be recognized. I mean, amongst amongst your peers, amongst the the people you grow with in the province, that to to be recognized in that way. Um, I mean, definitely no pressure. Um, any by any stretch of the matter, I, I don't think any of us are surprised that that was our seed kind of coming into this. Um, it's sort of what we've expected. Um, I mean, we've, we've been able to, to work, work through that. I mean, for a little while now. So, um, I mean, we know full well, regardless, we could have been one, two, three seed. I mean, um, there, there was going to be a target on our back sort of regardless, um, of where we ended up there and, and we're ready for that. And, and we expect every team that we play at this championship to, to give us their absolute best drilling. Even if you don't win this tournament, you do get into the Briars as a wild card seed based on your your ranking right now in the Canadian ranking system. But does that change how you prepare for this tournament, or do you just who cares about that? We want the Buffalo on our back. Yeah, I mean that's that's definitely the mindset we're taking is is definitely who cares? We want the Buffalo on our back. I mean when you're when you're wild card, you don't get the Purple Heart. You're not Team Manitoba. You're you're known as wild card, right? And 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 that Purple Heart and that Buffalo. I mean that's something that. I, I haven't won the two together before. I've, I've won a couple of Purple Hearts, but haven't won a Buffalo um, to, to go and represent Manitoba at the Briar, and that's everything I dreamed of growing up as a curler. Um, so, I mean, we, we've got more than enough motivation um, for this week. Obviously, we're going to be at the Briar regardless, um, which which is a nice little carrot to have if, if things don't go as planned. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, I mean, we, we need we need to go out and win this, have that momentum carrying into the Briar, because the ultimate goal is, is winning the Briar and, and ultimately the World Championships as well. Um, and, you know, in order to do that, we, we need to carry some momentum um, from having a great week here in Equal and, and picking up the championship uh, to carry forward into the Briar. So you've got a couple Briar bronze medals from your past in Saskatchewan in the last few years in 2020 and 21. You've got BJ, who's a successful curler. He's won the Briar before. You've got Ryan Harden. He's won the Briar before. That track record of success for them, how much do you feel that benefits your team going into this event? Yeah, totally. I mean, there's there's no game too big for any of those guys, right? Like, BJ's played in played in the trials final. Um, Ryan's played in two of them. BJ's, BJ's won a Briar, played in multiple Briar finals now. Ryan's won a Briar. <laughs> like there, there, you you go down the line, right? I mean, they they've won and and lost in every big game that there is. Um, so there's there's no moment too big for those guys, and that's definitely something that's rubbed off on me and Colton. Um, obviously, I've been fortunate enough to play in some big Briar semis um, the last couple of years and, and got some Olympic trials under my belt, but obviously nothing to the magnitude that the two of them have played in. Um, and that's something we talk about all the time. And, you know, you just try and soak that in. And, and I mean, to have that sort of calming presence um, sort of before the game and on the ice um, in those bigger moments, I mean, that's something you something you lean on and, and that's something very valuable that the two of them bring to this team. And on the topic of Colton Lott, who's been a very successful mixed doubles curler, uh, does that experience 
factor into four-person curling? Is there any transferable talent that, that can benefit you playing the front end on a four-person team? Uh, I mean, yes and no, I guess. I mean, from a, from a shot perspective, I mean, Colton's getting really good at those top eight draw, freeze-type games, and that's something that you play a ton of um, in mixed doubles, um, and that's something that he's really good at. So, I mean, that's, that's definitely translated over um, for sure. But, I mean, from... You know, it, it's just, it's just, it's a completely different game. Um, you know, the four-person game in comparison to a mixed doubles. So I, I'm sure there's a little bit um, that he that he's brought a little over, but uh, I mean, they're two very different disciplines at the same time. When was the last time you were in Nipawa? Oh goodness, um, <laughs> I'm trying to think. Probably coming home from uh, Portage or Brandon. I think I was playing a little bit of a fun spiel with my buddies out there. And uh, we had we had stopped in at uh, Nipo on the way home for whatever reason, um, but it's uh, it's certainly been a lot of years. And the idea of of moving this tournament around to smaller towns in Manitoba, I think it's it's great that they do that instead of you know having in Winnipeg or something like that every year to give other towns a chance to have this big event. How excited are you to to go to a place that's probably going to be packing the barn for this event? Yeah, I can't wait. I mean, that's that's the best. I mean, small town prairie curling, um, Manitoba, Saskatchewan, Alberta. I mean, that's that's where you get your most support around not even just Canada, but the entire world. Um, so it's very exciting. I mean, to, to be in these small communities and I mean, um, to, to have people come up to you in these communities and, you know, tap you on the shoulder and, uh, you know, we're following you along and having a great season, whatever, whatever they say. Right. I mean, it's just it's very cool knowing that, you know, we're we're kind of touching the homes of of places outside of the big cities. Um, it's uh, it's a lot of fun to be around. The atmosphere is great. And, and, you know, they always put on a great show. And just on the nature of your season so far, it's the first of the quadrennial. Everybody's team is way different than it was last year, pretty much across the board. Uh, but looking at how you've performed so far, nine events, you've qualified for the playoff round and eight of them, you've won an event, three other finals. How do you feel you've done so far as a new team? Yeah, really good. I mean, uh, I, I think we've sort of exceeded expectations, um, you know, just from a consistency standpoint, um, you know, obviously picking up the two events we did and, and the handful of finals that we've been in, um, not a surprise to any of us. I mean, that's that's what this team was built for is just to go out and win and, and win some big events. Um, but I think just fr- from a consistency standpoint, I mean, making, making eight of nine there, um, playoffs, really not having – too many hiccups obviously our, our one uh dnq there was was a hiccup and and just you know a lot of curling in a row um another learning experience for the team no doubt and um i mean the, the important thing is with, with this early success is that is that we don't get complacent um we uh we don't put ourselves on a pedestal by any stretch of the matter and and you know we we got to go to work every day and, and continue to get better because all, all the teams that we're competing with to, to go and win briars win world championships i mean they're doing exactly that so as soon as you take your foot off the gas at all and and kind of look back and, you know, pat yourself on the back for what you've done. Obviously, you got to enjoy the wins and, and the good stuff that's happened. But as soon as you do that, you kind of take a step back. Do you think that it's maybe more wide open this year at the Briar just because so many of the teams are newer teams, like Mike McEwen skipping out of Ontario, Jacques Gauthier in BC, Colin Hodgson and Darren Moulding are with Tanner Horgan in Northern Ontario. Do you think that maybe makes it a, a wide open field? How do you feel about that? I'm, I'm not sure. I mean, if you kind of look at the field, I, I you know, I, I kind of see a bit of a three to three to five team race right now. I think most people would agree with me on that. Um, I, I think you might see a few more upsets this year for sure. 
Um, whether that translates into someone making a deep run and, and winning the thing, I'm not sure. But, I mean, the, this is a new experience for all these new teams playing in those bigger events, right, under the lights, uh, everything like that. I mean, so that's kind of when you see the true colours of teams and, and see what they're made of and all that work that they put in up to that point. Um, that's kind of when all that comes out. So I, I wouldn't be shocked one bit if you saw, you know, some big upsets um, here or there. Um, but uh, I, I, I still kind of think there's a small group that that has a really good chance of, of winning it well matt appreciate your time tonight thanks for your, for this conversation best of luck at the viterra and uh the briar hey absolutely thanks christian appreciate it canadian baseball hall of fame made it official yesterday that joe Wichar will become just the fifth manitoba to be officially inducted in to the National Shrine at a ceremony in St. Mary's, Ontario, this coming June. The longtime coach and administrator for Morden has been inundated with calls from family, friends, well-wishers, and, well, members of the media over the last 24 hours, and that includes our Kelly Moore, who spoke with Joe earlier today. He was born in Winnipeg, uh, but I'm guessing, Joe, that if there was ever such a thing as wearing a cap uh, for the uh, Canadian Baseball Hall of Fame when you're inducted, kind of like what they do in Cooperstown, you'd have something with uh, uh, Morden on it, maybe even the Morden Mohawks? Oh, I, I probably would have a, have a few caps here. I think I could find one like that, yeah. Yeah, any one in particular that would stand out, Joe, or would you try to fit as many on your head as you possibly could? Well, maybe I'll just switch them every hour or something. Right on. There you go. So, <laughs> No, I, I don't know. Uh, I think the one that we, uh, midget team, or the, actually the Bison team was 18, 18 and 19s won the Nationals would be nice. Yeah, that would be uh, very significant. We're, we're going to get into some of your career highlights in a moment, but let's just uh, let our listeners know why you are going into the Canadian Baseball Hall of Fame. It's not like baseball was just sort of something you did. Joe, this was something that you have been involved with for more than seven decades of your 87 years on this earth. So to say that you eat, uh, breathe, and sleep baseball would probably not be an overstatement? That would probably be correct, yeah, that's right. Um yeah, it's something I love loved doing. That's it, you know. Where did you get the passion from? I, I don't know. I, like, I was a mediocre ball player. Uh, I played midget. Uh, I batted ninth. But, of course, when you're batting, hitting cross-handed, I guess that's where you have to bat, right? <laughs> so, you know, I, I don't know. I, I, I played with midget, and then uh, I just got involved. Somebody asked me to coach, and... Yeah, that's what happens. Yeah, the the coaching bug, boy, I'd say when it bites you, it, it bites hard, doesn't it? Right, yeah, for sure. Yeah. So I guess I want to go back uh, to whenever it was that you first found out that you were going to be inducted into the Canadian Baseball Hall of Fame because uh, the, the announcement came out yesterday morning, but you had to sit on that for a few days, didn't you? Yes, I did. I found out on last Friday. So you found out I, you found out you were pretty good at keeping a secret then. Yeah, I guess so. Because the guy guy that's helping me work there now, because I said I wouldn't be in uh, yesterday, and he and then he texts me and he said, uh, then I phone him back and I says, and I says, oh, now I know why you're not in today. So, yeah. but yeah, it was it was tough. I couldn't I couldn't tell my wife. I couldn't tell anybody. So. 
What was your initial reaction, Joe? When did you did you get the the phone call or were you, uh, you know, did you get a text or an email? Maybe just share some of that experience with us. It, it was a phone call and it was a total disbelief and, uh, uh, like I say, I couldn't believe it. And I was, like I said, I had to sit down. I had to sit down because I was uh, I was stunned. I was really stunned and. Uh, very surprised, uh, not expecting something like this, but uh, yeah, so it was uh, a day where I was in disbelief and in total surprise. Who, who was on the other end of that call, and does it just start with, hey, Joe Witcher, congratulations, you're in the Canadian Baseball Hall of Fame, or do you have a little idle chit-chat out of no, that we, Yeah, we had a little chit-chat and everything, yeah, you know, How's the weather in Morton and Manitoba? I said, oh, yeah, it's nice and sunny and everything else. And, oh, yeah, it was a little just chit-chat back and forth and that before. Then he says, uh, well, Joe, I have some uh, news for you. And he says, uh, uh, well, it's good news. I said, oh, okay. So that's when he told me. Yeah. And that's what I said. That's not true. But, um, yeah. Yeah. So It's overwhelming. It is. For sure, but at least, I mean, everybody I've talked to about you have said you are the most humble, most modest, most, uh, the, the guy that will shun attention and recognition, so uh, I would imagine this might, I don't know, has, has the excitement started to creep in a little bit, Joe? Or, or Yes, know? yes, oh, for sure, yes, and then, uh, you know, I've had... Uh, my niece from Ottawa phoned. She says, you know, she congratulates and everything. I said, how did you find out? She said, well, our son phoned her. She says, he said he thought he had a heart attack. <laughs> and how did he find out? He says, well, he was looking at Sportsnet and across the ticker tape going across. And he oh, he seen my name. He's, so he phoned, <laughs> phoned his mother right away. And she ended up phoning me. And uh, I had a guy today that is just an acquaintance in Morden. He's in Florida. And he, he happens to phone. I'm saying, my goodness gracious. <laughs> like, that, that is so nice for people to do that. Well, you know, and, and it's maybe there's some credence in that old saying, Joe, that good news travels fast. But uh, <laughs> Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah. So we mentioned at the at the top of this, and if you're just joining us now here on the sports show, we're speaking with Joe Witcher. Uh, he's uh, from Morden, born in Winnipeg. Uh, but yesterday, uh, the official announcement uh, that he will be part of the class of 2023 in the Canadian Baseball Hall of Fame. And it's a pretty impressive uh, class that you're going in with, Joe. Uh, Denny Boucher and Rich Harden, uh, along with Jesse Barfield. Uh, I don't imagine you would have had any opportunity to cross paths with Jesse Barfield, but because you spent so much time in baseball, uh, what about uh, uh, Denny Boucher or Rich Harden? Yeah, I think so. Um, They were... um, um Maybe a little bit ahead of, um, of uh, Martin and uh, Francis, which I had the privilege of being the manager for the 18 and under team a few years ago. But uh, uh, one of them did mention that they played the provincials in, in Manitoba uh, one year in the, in the 90s. But um, 
I can't really say that I crossed paths with them or or talked to them or anything. Yeah, and the, and the Martin and Francis you referred to are Russell Martin, who's not in the Canadian Baseball Hall of Fame yet, but surely will. Uh, and Jeff Francis, who already is, so uh, it, yeah, it, th- those are two pretty good ball players for sure. I would imagine, though, Joe, that you have the chance to coach many, many good ball players, and not necessarily all that made it to the major leagues or even professional ball. No, that's true. Um, you know, in Manitoba, um, the, the number of people getting into the major leagues is pretty pretty small. Um, basically, because of our our season, it's not very long. You know, you get the BC and the Alberta, uh, Ontario guys; they have a longer season, and so forth. So, um, yeah, I, I've had several guys went go, have gone down to college and uh, played ball and everything. And uh, um, but I don't, I don't know. Uh, to me, it doesn't matter whether they make the the pros or the major leagues or anything uh there's a lot of guys are guys and i i i enjoy uh, i enjoy them uh, i enjoy uh have a phone call from a couple of players of yesterday that played for me or going to their weddings or going to uh, seeing them on the street and waving hello and so forth you know that makes my day as much as uh having somebody play in the majors Russ Ford of Brandon, who, Joe, with all due respect, you're 87 years old, but I don't think you're even old enough to uh, have crossed paths with him because he goes back to the uh, uh, late 1800s, early 1900s, but he was the first ever Manitoban elected uh, uh, in 1987. He was from Brandon. But the the three other inductees, I'm wondering if you did have the chance to cross paths with, of course, Gladwin Scott, known as Mr. Baseball. For sure, yes. Yeah. Uh, and um, and and what um, what about Corey Koski from Anola in 2015, and Wayne Norton, who was born in Winnipeg but did a lot of his work out on the West Coast yeah, in 2016. Cross paths with both of those guys. Wayne Norton uh, uh, was the director of uh, train or uh, training or something one time. One time we had a uh, host of the Western out here. And Wayne Norton was a chef, chef mission staff for uh, BC, you know. And it happened to be our corn and apple weekend, and we had a, <laughs> you know, we had a big parade and everything. He said, "My goodness, you guys put on a good show." <laughs> <laughs> and of course, Corey Koski, I've met and talked with him quite a few times. Right, you know. I- there are some other uh, Winnipeg slash Manitoba connections in the Canadian Baseball Hall of Fame. Now, of course, Ernie Witt, uh, who was the manager of Team Canada for the 99 Pan Am Games, which were held here in Winnipeg, and that team, uh, led by Stubby Clapp, won a bronze medal. Do you have any memories of that particular event, Joe? Uh, no, not too much. The one I do remember, though, is way back in the 19... 19- 70s or so when we hosted the uh, Pan Am Games, I believe, mm-hmm. and uh, a guy by the name of Gunnar Scott beat Cubans in Carmen. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So that's, that's to me, is, it stands out the most of all, all these things. Right. Uh, there was also that 1991 World Youth Gold Medal winning team. Uh, in Brandon, 
yeah, yeah, that yeah. Uh, went in that was inducted in 1992. Uh, I'm, I'm guessing just by your reaction, you remember some of that event as well. Yes, I was. I was probably seen every game there. Yeah, uh, and you had like Gordy Wetterhouse was a coach. He's from Manitoba, from originally from Riverton. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, um, I uh, in fact I got a, I still have one of the scrapbooks that uh, or uh, from that uh, tournament. So yeah, were were you there as a fan, Joe, or were you helping out in a volunteer capacity as well? No, that one that one I was just a fan. Yeah, right on. yeah. So. Over the course of your career, uh, you've had so you've had some very uh, exciting and, and interesting things that you've been involved in, and uh, I would suspect that the overseas trips to Japan and France would probably be at the top of that list. Yeah, but they were pretty well much up on the top. Yeah, I chaperoned five ten-year-old kids in Japan for the All World Children's uh, thing, and they're. Uh, of course, uh, Sadahara always—he was basically the, the feature person there. We kind of ran it, but Joe DiMaggio was there, and uh, I got his autograph, and our kids got his autograph, and uh, <laughs> uh, things like that. And uh, uh, sitting on a, on a plane with uh, Duke Snyder, yeah. and he he comes up and he says, "Is there really a place called Snowflake?" <laughs> I don't know how the heck did he. Find- find out that there was a place in Manitoba called Snowflake. <laughs> well, Duke did his homework, didn't he? <laughs> he did, yes, he did. Yeah. Uh, just before we let you go, Joe, and uh, I appreciate uh, the time for this, uh, in speaking of time, I would suspect that uh, your involvement all these years in baseball uh, required a lot of time and patience from your family, In in uh, I'm guessing that uh, probably uh, it allowed you to spend even more time together uh, with your three boys? Yeah, right. Did I mention that the other day that uh, one of the thrills I had was all, one year in, in the senior ball for maybe one or two games, all three of my kids were playing in the outfield at the same time. So how much of an age range was there? And, and Joe, let's, let's give them a little love on the air here. What are the names of your boys? Okay, the oldest one was Randy. He's since passed. And then there's Tim. He works for the fire department in Winnipeg. And then there's Corey. He also works for the city of Winnipeg. And the difference is probably six years. Okay. So senior ball allowed you to, to be able to have them on the field all at the same time then. Right, right. Yeah. Now, was there... Yeah, that was... That was pretty thrilling, yeah. Yeah, was there any bickering at all? Dad, you had me batting ninth. I should have been seventh. There. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, Randy was probably the best outfielder. Uh, Tim was probably the fastest guy, and Corey was pretty good at both positions. So, yeah. yeah. No, I don't think they were arguing who was going to play center or who was playing right or whatever. So, yeah, yeah it was, it was uh, quite a, uh, I, 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 that was one of my highlights, I think. Joe Witcher, uh, who uh, was born in Winnipeg, but uh, spent uh, pretty much all of his uh, 87 years uh, uh, in Morden and certainly contributed greatly 
uh, to baseball right. at Morton. There's a field named after you, Joe, and I'm guessing that you'll just become even more of a popular guy uh, now that uh, uh, all of this uh, uh, recognition is coming your way. But June is when the official induction ceremony is going to take place in St. Mary's, Ontario. Uh, do you yeah. suspect you'll be able to have most of your family and maybe some friends uh, there to uh, to enjoy well, that very I- special day with you? My uh, niece there from Ottawa says she's coming with her husband, and then uh, she just got off the phone, and and, uh, and uh, my nephew, he's phoning, and I got guys uh, coming from B.C. and all over. So, yeah, I, I anticipate there will be a few people there. Well, I'll tell you, it's uh, it's fantastic, Joe, and uh, you know you're you're in pretty elite company, as we mentioned. Just the fifth Manitoban to go into the Canadian Baseball Hall of Fame. So again, uh, congratulations and thanks for sharing uh, uh, some of the memories from your long and distinguished career. Um, thank you, Kelly, for even uh, having me on on the air. It's much appreciated. Well, thank you very much for listening to the CJOB Sports Show podcast. If you like what you heard, guess what? You can hear more every weeknight on CJOB from 6.30 to 9 p.m. Of course, that is when the Jets are not playing because if the Jets are playing, then I don't have a show, but I'll be part of the pre- and post-game coverage. Anyway, thanks again for tuning in. Subscribe if you'd like. We're available on iTunes and other places I'd imagine. So farewell until we meet again. So long and thanks for all the fish. So sad that it should come to this Try to warn you of the day. You may not share our intellect, which might explain.